please turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 4. This morning's discussion contains a number of themes that are in our text today. So, at this point, we can't say that, wow, or we're surprised, it happens repeatedly. And you could say, well, there's common themes in the Bible, and so they come up often, but I believe it's God's sovereign will to align our text together regularly without planning. He planned it. Last time we read verses 1 through 22 of chapter 4, and there, there were a few main things. If you remember, I said there's three main things that happened there. One, there was opposition and arrest. And two, a hearing or a formal inquiry before the Sanhedrin. And then threatening to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. If you remember, we are told a, a large group of people were greatly annoyed, the text says. Priests, Sadducees, the rulers, elders, scribes, the captain of the temple, even the high priest. They're annoyed and in opposition, especially because they're preaching about the resurrection of the dead in Jesus. But there's no denying that the power of God was being dispensed through the apostles. This man who's over 40 years old and had been lame since birth, all of a sudden is not lame anymore, but walking and is in perfect health. And everyone saw him, the rulers and everybody who are annoyed, they still can't deny it. It happened. But what they decide to do is arrest them. Peter and John are arrested, held overnight, I'm sure treated roughly. And they're held until there can be a hearing the next day. And they're asked at that hearing, by what power did you do this healing? It's similar to another place where they ask, by what authority do you do this? You remember? How can you tell him his sins are forgiven? You don't have that authority. But he does. And here his disciples are asked, by what power? And the Bible says, and this is interesting, I think we need to remember this about Mary, as we read this morning, and Zechariah. Both, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit. They, I believe they prophesied and, and spoke things that they didn't completely understand. But the Holy Spirit spoke through them. Peter says, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus... The Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name 
under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Certainly, I don't think he meant that Buddha is not a real God, even though it's true. What he means and what they're preaching is, you must believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. He's been sent. He is the promised Messiah. You killed him. After hearing this, the rulers move on to the threatening stage. And we are told that they tell them, no more of this preaching in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John reject that completely. And they say, look, you do what you want to do. We have to testify about what we have seen and heard. Jesus is alive. We've seen him. And when they, the Bible says, when these rulers had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Sometimes people want to change the scriptures and take away the supernatural aspect and say, you know, sometimes people get well miraculously and nobody can explain it. Listen, there's no way possible. This guy's legs would have been atrophied so badly after not being able to use them his whole life. The power of God went into him. And listen... The sovereign power of God. When the Bible, listen, we're people, we, aren't we? If you believed something, and then I showed you the scriptures that said that what you believed wasn't actually right, would you change? Or would you say, I don't believe that Bible passage? Because there's often times that we come into contact with the Scriptures and we have to say, this is difficult for me, Lord. Have mercy. Help me to believe. Our Lord is a sovereign Lord. Sovereign. Ultimate power. Sometimes referred to government rulers. And they are sovereign in a, in a sense. But God made the, he made the universe. He has ultimate power. All power. In fact, humans only have the power that he gives them. Okay, well keep that in mind as we read today's text. If you had a thought, but then you read the scriptures and you say, Oh, my thought is not what the scriptures thought is. Please, be soft. Be teachable. Chapter 4, we'll start in verse 23. When they were released, so this is just after they've been put in prison and threatened, they let them go. Peter and John, verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, 
who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were... Yeah, sorry. The full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own but they had everything in common and with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all there was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to, any, to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 23. So, Peter and John are imprisoned, they're threatened, and released. And they go back to their friends, the Bible says, the believers, the the church. They reported what had happened. They threatened us. They told us, don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. We told them we were going to do it anyway. Can you imagine? This is... Brand new, right? Very new. This is maybe the first time, aside from Jesus, that they said, you can't intimidate us. We're going to preach what we know is the truth. And they pray. They pray for God's help that they would be bold as they witnessed. It was brought up in Sunday school this morning that to obey God, it takes courage, and it does. It does. To humble yourself, it does. To be bold in the face of opposition, it does take courage. And they pray. This is what they pray. They lifted their voices together to God and said, Now listen, this is very important. This is how they're choosing to pray to God. They're saying, Lord, you know the situation that happened. And we're praying and saying, Sovereign Lord. Lord that has all power. What kind of power? 
enough to make the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You know, people sometimes get full of themselves and think that we can create anything. God not only creates the world, they can reproduce more by themselves. He engineered them that way, right? We can design a very nice computer, but it doesn't have little baby laptop children that grow into full-fledged laptops. You know, there's, a, there's an old joke where the, the scientists challenge God and they say, we know how to make man now too. And they challenge him and God takes some dirt and breathes the breath of life into it and the man springs forth. And now it's the scientists' turn and they go to gra- gather the dirt together and God says, ah, ah, you got to get your own dirt. There's a limit. And it listen, it's not close. It's not close. God made the earth. I mean, you think Texas is big. The earth is massive. And even compared to other planets in the solar system, it's relatively small. And much less the galaxy, the universe... God made the sea and everything in it? What's in the sea? Can it be counted? How many tuna are there in the ocean? How many mackerel are there in the ocean? It's not... It's How many sardines are there in the ocean? God takes care of them. He made them. He created everything. The Christians are saying, Lord, you're the Lord. You're sovereign. You made the earth. You speak through prophets and tell us what's going to happen before it happens. Not only are you powerful, but you know. You see that? Verse 25, through the mouth of our father David, your servant said by the Holy Spirit... This passage that he's quoting is about Jesus. And that's not a long time before Jesus. God is the God who is all-powerful and all-knowing. He can declare the end at the beginning. How can he do that? There's a number of factors that could change between now and then. He knows. How could he know? I could change my mind at any second. He knows. This is the testimony of the Scriptures. Listen, this is not my idea. It's the testimony of God. Verse 27, Truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. This is King Jesus, who's been anointed. But there are evil people gathered together against him. Herod and Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, all the peoples of Israel. Well, that's everybody. Isn't it? Okay, you've got Herod, you've got Pontius Pilate. Well, the Gentiles and Israel. Okay, well, who's left that weren't gathered together against him? 
Verse 28, this gathering together against Jesus is not a surprise. In fact, God purposed that it would come to pass. And that might be troublesome to you, but don't let it be. It should be a comfort. What happened to Jesus was not against God's plan. He was sent for that very purpose as the Lamb of God to be crucified for the sins of His people. Verse 28, to do, speaking about all these people that are gathered against Jesus, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And listen, this is not my language. Sometimes people will say, I don't believe in predestination. You have to believe in something about it. The Bible uses it. You have to, in your theology, you have to come to terms that the Bible uses the word predestination. You have to figure out what does the Bible mean by it. And I don't presume to understand all the mysteries of God. I do not. But this passage says that The Christians are praying. Opposition is already beginning. And they're praying, Lord, give us boldness. Give us boldness. We know you have power. And we know that you have knowledge. And we know that you planned all this. And so you might conclude, well, why are they praying then? There's no point. That's not the testimony of the Scriptures. The testimony of the Scriptures is men and women are responsible. You should pray. You ought to pray. God has commanded us, pray, quote, without ceasing. Jesus then taught a parable, the Bible says, to the effect that people should always pray and not lose heart. Remember the persistent widow parable? God wants us to pray. But listen, if you conclude in your mind, well, because He wants us to pray, then that must mean that we're changing the outcome. Therefore, this passage that says God planned it all, well, that can't be. But listen, maybe your prayers are part of the plan. They actually are part of the plan. And because we don't understand how everything fits together, it doesn't mean that it's not true. Can you understand the Trinity? I mean, really understand it. I don't mean tell me what the Nicene Creed says about the Trinity. I agree with it, but I don't understand it completely. Right? We're not going to say, well, sometimes He's God the Father, and sometimes He's the Son, and sometimes He's... The Spirit. No, not that. We, we, can, we can say what it's not. Well, listen, how can we reconcile the difference between man's responsibility and God's sovereignty? As one preacher said, might have been Spurgeon, you don't reconcile friends. Man's responsibility and God's sovereignty go hand in hand together. They always have. That's the way God purposed it. But it should be a comfort to you. 
Your life is in God's hands. It is. And that's a good place to be. Years ago, the preacher that married Jennifer and I, a good friend, a couple, two, three years after we were married, he was driving back from East Texas on I-30. It was raining. 18-wheeler hit the water, slid across the interstate, hit them in the side of the car. His wife was killed instantly. Dear woman. And this is a man who believed in the sovereignty of God deeply. And we went to the funeral, and he was, you know, destroyed. But even in the moment, he said, he said, a God of purpose I can trust. Weeping in my arms, a God of purpose I can trust. And he was right. That was a very tough time for him and for everybody who knew her. But God doesn't do things without purpose. Does it take courage to trust God? Yes. But no one who trusts God will be disappointed. Verse 29. So they've said... Lord, we know you have power, you have knowledge. In fact, this is even part of your plan. Verse 29, look upon their threats. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. We know, Lord, you know. We know that you know what's going on. And they're praying for God to help in obedience to his command that Christians pray. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Pray. Later on, we're given more instruction about this, right? With all kinds of prayers and requests, make it known to God. Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus They want the same sovereign Lord to look upon the threats of the wicked and give them boldness as they preach. The same Lord who's going to heal and do miraculous signs. Right, we see later in the book of Acts that their shadow falls on somebody who's sick and the person is healed. That is what? The shadow healed? You know, it... God's power was being performed through them in a great way. Verse 31, the place where they had prayed was shaken. Maybe like a tremor or an earthquake or something, or at least they felt like it was. And the Bible says the Spirit filled them. And they could tell. How could they tell? I don't know. But listen, have you ever known that God spoke to you? I don't mean, you know, what did he say? That's not what I mean. Have you ever have you ever known that God spoke to you? That he touched you? They knew. 
After they prayed and the place was shaken, and they're filled with the Spirit, they know God heard our request. He's going to help us. And they continue to, after that, verse 31, and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. They prayed, the place was shaken, they knew God had answered, and they continued to preach with boldness. He answered their request that they would preach with boldness. Verse 32, this is interesting, this is what we were talking about this morning, about the rich man and humility. The full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Now, wait a second, Bill. You're saying the Christians were communists? The problem with communism is not that sharing things is evil. The problem is people are evil. That's the problem. And it's not that capitalism is righteous. It's just less prone to corruption. Is it prone to corruption? Yes! All things are prone to corruption because people are involved. Do you have this in your brain at all times? Listen, you can trust people, some. But you have to know in your minds that the mind is corrupt. No one is operating in the best way that they could be operating. Sin has corrupted it. So listen, y'all sell all your stuff and give it to me. Listen, sometimes the way that we view poor people, listen, we're wrong. If you have this thought, poor people are poor because they're lazy. I'm not giving them my money. I worked hard for it. I'm not lazy. That's wrong. Yes, some people are lazy and they're poor because they're lazy. But... There's always been poor people and Jesus blessed the poor and told his disciples to bless them. And the early church said, remember the poor as you go on your preaching missions. And Paul said, of course, we're eager to do that. The point is generosity. The point is, who are you? Are you Barnabas, who said, you know, I think the church could use some more money. I'm going to sell my field and give it to them. Or are you the rich young ruler, who couldn't do it? He's like, I don't know. I I have a lot of stuff, and I like it. It's mine. Think about it. Again, this is not my idea. This is coming up in the text. Verse 33, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. And then it goes on further. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them 
and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. The point is Christian unity and generosity. They were sharing their things. The Bible says they weren't even considering that it was their thing. I'm not telling y'all we need to do anything radical, but be generous. Be generous. Do you know what that is? Be generous. And we were given the first glimpse into the well, who later became the apostle, right? Barnabas was the apostle. He went with Paul on his journeys, became a good friend. Uh, he really was a son of encouragement. He was very influential in helping Paul to be accepted by the church in the early days. They didn't know whether to trust him or not. Barnabas vouched for him. And later, you remember, Paul is mad at John Mark. He said, don't bring him anymore. And Barnabas said, are you sure? He's a good guy. He is a son of encouragement. Okay, well, listen, pray. And if you don't know how to pray, pray as they prayed. Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in it, Help me. Help your church. In our country, we don't have physical persecution, at least not regularly. But right now in the world, it is happening. At this moment, even. Christians are suffering because of the name of Jesus. Pray. And God will answer our request. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we learn more about you through reading your word and studying it. We pray that you'd help us to understand. Help us to believe. Even the Christian doctrine of generosity Help us, Lord, to be generous people. Help us to not cling to these possessions which will rust and fade away. Help us to use them to bless your people wherever they might be. Father, we pray for those among us that are missing because they're sick and those who are traveling. Oh, Lord, bless us as we celebrate the Christmas holiday and we pray that you would help us to remember Oh, Lord, you came to the earth to save us. Thank you for that. Please bless us now as we have fellowship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.